three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to What the Shuck. The goal of What the Shuck is to provide a platform for those people with positive and influential ideas that have helped me to change my life. Uh, these people are going to actually help you to change your life and to navigate through the tribulations that life are going to throw you. So while trying to achieve your biggest goals. However, I also plan to put a spotlight on people from Kentucky who have made this such a unique and awesome place. So throughout my podcast, I will be interviewing people of all professions, arts, and honestly, just anyone with a cool idea or story that should be heard. My next guest is one of the most genuine and cool people that I know. She is the most unapologetically herself person that I know and strangely weird, but that's probably why I love her so much. She is an author, a podcaster, an entrepreneur who specializes in helping you build positive energy and fulfilling the most life possible through positivity and happy through happiness. <laughs> Sorry. She's done speaking engagements across America and has actually been on a tour of every state while shooting her documentary American happiness, which has actually now evolved into the American happiness project. So my next guest is the big ball and mama crunch a munch loving Michelle wax. <laughs> Thank you. That was the best introduction I think I've ever gotten. Oh, well, good. <laughs> I'm excited to be on it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sorry, I kind of fumbled a little bit there, but, uh, you know, uh, we are recording on Zencaster. Usually I record on uh, GarageBand, and actually, this is interesting, uh, we have people who are about to come in and do maintenance in my apartment for our new internet, so hopefully... <laughs> um, Nothing crazy happens. But anyway, I wanted to bring Michelle on. She's literally one of the most influential people in my journey and my, uh, especially with my, my mindset. Um, so she did a countrywide tour for her podcast slash interview slash documentary style business called American Happiness. And um, it's really evolved into something really cool. But can you just care to uh, go over that a little bit and tell us what you were doing, what your mission was? Yeah, sure, definitely. So prior to founding American Happiness Project, I had two food companies here in Boston, Mass. And I reached a point where that was pretty much what I wanted to do since I was a kid. Um, you know, I had the lemonade stand when I was a kid. We sold cookies with it. And so after college, I worked at a tech company and then started this company on the side and was able to grow it up to be really successful here in Boston. And I reached this point personally where I thought I should be ecstatic, right? Because I was basically living my dream. I had great clients, great team. Um, personally, you know, I had great friends and family. And I woke up every day and I found myself just getting stressed out really easily, um, feeling like I should be doing more, just having a lot of worry. And I really didn't understand it because objectively I knew there was so much good in my life. And so I started digging into really how the brain is wired and how that affects your mindset and how you're viewing your life. And I started implementing uh, strategies to really improve that to a place where I enacted them into my own life. And I went from waking up, you know, stressed, having this uncertainty and self-doubt to really feeling excited and looking at the opportunity and really feeling grateful. And so it was really powerful in my life. And I've always been interested in the everyday person. Um, when I was working at the food company or working with my own food companies, I also wrote a book called The Attainable Dream, which really interviewed everyday entrepreneurs on how they got started. And so 
I had the idea to film American Happiness, the documentary across the U.S., because I was curious to see, yes, these strategies and mindset shifts worked really well for myself, but did it work, you know, across the country, across different income levels and locations and just backgrounds in general? And so I had this idea to go to every state in America and interview Americans from all walks of life on how they reached consistent levels of happiness and fulfillment regardless of those external circumstances. And so what started as a documentary project that I filmed over the course of a few months has really transformed into this uh, movement and project where I'll go into companies and universities and really share the science of happiness along with all that research I accumulated across the country. And as I was filming the documentary, I really realized there was a hunger for that information really at companies because a lot of people are waking up every day and they're not in a dark, dark place, but they're just doing fine. They're just doing okay. And so my goal is really to help people rise that so that they're waking up, they're feeling excited and energized for their life. So my mic was muted. Um, so to uh, just touch base on that. <laughs> To what, what you were saying, for me, what what really kind of happened and why you resonated with me was because you your story was evolving from something and it was going into something growing and growing. And where I was, was that I was started off as taking Snapchats and doing stuff like that. And it kind of just evolved into where people would DM me and be like, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. And it kind of just evolved into where it was a... Uh, I needed longer periods of time and it was like, all right, I need to do a podcast. Like I've always wanted to do a podcast, but like I never really had the content and now I do. And you found that content through positivity and just trying to be constantly pursuing like what is going to make people happy and what do you have to do? And you touch on some very interesting literature and just sources of inspiration for you. Like, Dr. Joe uh, Dispenza, I think is how you pronounce it. Is that how you say that? Dispenza, okay, Dispenza. And um, then also Wim Hof. And these are just like really unorthodox practices that these guys are doing, but it's like you see results and it's hard to argue with them. Like, you know, like we both are clear examples of if you, sometimes it might be unorthodox, but if, if you try it, it might work for you. It, it's just like you said, you were curious to see if everybody could do this. And that's the thing is like, it does work differently for everybody. You know, what your approach might be might work some completely different for someone else and how they achieve their happiness. But it is like the ultimate thing that I feel like you're chasing in life is like what sets you alive and just what makes you truly happy and things like that. So I think that that's why you have such awesome content. You constantly have awesome content and you're hilarious too. So, um, Tell us a little bit about your uh, Wim Hof thing that you've actually been doing. That's super mind-blowing to me. Yeah, definitely. So I want to just touch briefly upon, because this is something that I learned along the way that most people haven't heard, because I think most of our lives were sold that when you reach a certain point in your life, you'll be happy, like when you get the dream job or you buy the house or you find the perfect person to be with. And as I was doing my research, I discovered that actually only 10% of your happiness levels is derived from external circumstances. And that's why someone who loses everything, they can still be the most happy and generous person you know. And someone who seemingly has it all and is super 
um, well off financially can be miserable and stressed all the time. So I found that interesting. I just wanted to touch upon that. Um, and it's all about the remaining 90% of your happiness is the way that your brain is perceiving the world and really your mindset. And through doing the, uh, so for people that are not familiar, the Wim Hof method is really a combination of breath work and cold exposure and heat exposure to train your mind to get to a pl- place where you're really elevating uh, and really kind of conditioning your mind to go past what you think you can even do. And so I recently started doing this three-week series in uh, Boston here with Sam Whiting. He's awesome. And he has been teaching not only the breath work, but on Monday, we did a uh, ice bath. And I had never done that before. And I've I've jumped in really cold water before, but this was like a completely different experience. It's 32 degrees, zero degrees Celsius. And I, I, I like I've worked really hard to train my mind and to strengthen it. And so I know yeah. I have a strong mind, but going into the ice bath, it was, it was really difficult for me. Like it took me, I think 40 seconds and he teach and he's there with you, the instructor, you know, making sure you're breathing and guiding you through it. Cause it is, you know, this shocking experience, but, um, it took me, you know, 40 seconds to not just be in this state of like, ah, what's happening here. Um, <laughs> so it, it was wild, but then it was crazy because then about 40 seconds in, you start to kind of regulate the breathing and um, it's still not a pleasant experience per se, but you feel more in control of it. And um, then by the end of it, I was in there about uh, two and a half minutes. And by the end, I was thinking, you know, I can go longer in this because I was a little more used to it. But it was a really cool experience. And I... Uh, getting out of the ice bath and for that night and really the days after it, you feel just very proud of yourself that you kind of took that step because um, most people don't do that in their lives because it's a little, can be seen as a little uh, a, like a wild card thing to do, but it was a really cool experience. Well, like I said, like that's just what's so interesting about all these methods is they're pretty unorthodox. They're not what you would typically be seeing as like a way to find, to defeat depression or to like find happiness all the time or to like, and really the biggest thing is just what is your perspective in the moment? And I've found that that's what's most important for me is just being able to be like, all right, this sucks, but what can I be grateful for that can help me get through this? Or like, you know, if something really bad's going on, like how can I find a silver lining and find a lesson in it and be like, all right, like, you know, this horrible thing happened to me or this great thing happened to me. And no matter what, take a lesson from it because life is so important of balance and just finding the balance of knowing that, you know, we do need to struggle. And, and when you put yourself into that struggle, then you really realize like, all right, like when I go through it and it's normal or you're going through and it's a normal life circumstance, you're like, remember that time I was in this ice bath and my ass was freezing off and I conquered that. This this circumstance I'm going through right now is nothing compared to that. Like I got this for sure, and that's just it's super important to keep and maintain that sort of mindset. Definitely, it's funny you said that because I I called my mom after it and I told her the exact same thing. You know, it's like when I'm struggling with something with work or just have this you know an unfortunate situation happen, I can think back to that moment and know that I had the strength to get through that. So I, anything else, like you said, is a piece of cake. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, if you can maintain your discipline, then like, why the hell can't you in this moment? Like, it's just, you know, it's, you got to hold yourself accountable. And that's, that's the most important thing for 
like being successful in mindset is being holding yourself accountable when you <clears throat> mess up. Cause I know there's times where I'll get frustrated and used to, I will never ever like look back on it and be like, you acted like a little asshole right there. Like, why did you do that? Or even if it's like not even a big deal, it's just like today, if I just get frustrated and I'm like, even a smidgen like aggressive towards someone, I feel horrible about it. And you still just be like, ah, you know, whatever. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'll go back and apologize and just be like, you know, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't believe I acted like that. And it's just, it might not even really be a big thing, but it's just like, you know, holding yourself accountable is how you build discipline. And then slowly, you know, you just eliminate those from your life. If you constantly are finding ways to get better and better and better. And I've just found to where adding this discipline started in fitness. Now I do it in business and in my profession, stuff like that. And it's like, you know, you find the strength to be consistent. And that's really important to, like I said, mindset and perspective. Right. And I, I feel like what you alluded to there, the self-awareness piece is so important. And so many people aren't self-aware. And I always start with that. I was speaking at an event in Rhode Island last night and I was talking with a college student after and he has he gets just really stressed in general and I I he he basically was looking for a process on how to overcome that and that's what I've worked to develop um and so the number one thing I told him where to start was to track what you're thinking about and how you're emotionally responding to it so it's when you wake up in the morning, what's your first thought and how does that make you feel? And then as you go about your day, you know, what are these instances that are coming up that are either bringing a positive emotion or a negative emotion and tracking that so that you're able to, if it is something you want to change or improve, you're actually aware of it because that's always the first step. Yeah. And I mean, that's the same with goals is even just keeping track of your goals. Like it's uh, just... Having it written down, you remember way more, you're way more likely to remember like, all right, like, remember when you wrote that down, you actually saw like what you did, like, this is why you need to maintain this discipline. Because you, you, like, when I didn't hold myself accountable to those moments, I just would never grow. And I would never like, I could, but it would take a lot longer. And it's now it's like rapid. My growth is so much more rapid because I, I actually write it down and I have it written down and I'm like, all right, like I need to eliminate this from my life or I need to add more of this to my life. And it doesn't matter if it's towards fitness or like I said, even earlier with profession or rather it's a relationship that you're in. It's just so important to, to be able to get better because that's the ultimate way that you're going to keep a healthy relationship or you're going to keep a healthy um, fitness life is you, if you constantly are moving forward and you're progressing, even when you hit like the hard stuff and you go through like an obstacle, it's like, all right, remember though, like it's the journey that's going to make me strong. It's not necessarily the end mark. It's just like, I got to keep making a new mountain to climb and keep like Wim Hof, literally that dude, didn't he climb to the top of Mount Everest in like shorts or something like that? Like, isn't that? Yeah, he's done. And also like our instructor who was trained by him was saying that he's taken a two hour ice bath before, which is wild. And well, it's just like, yeah, it's like it's your body can adapt and, and change and grow. It's just the getting we are ultimate adaptation, adaptation, machine. right, right. So, um, Michelle, is there any big 
things that you're working on right now that you maybe want to talk about? I know you got some cool stuff going on right now. Can you yeah. to elaborate what you're doing? Yeah, of course. Um, so the documentary that was filmed is in post-production. We just released our trailer, so you can check it out on the site, American-Happiness.com. And the plan for that is to submit it to film festivals this summer and then TBD on a release date from there. But other than that, what I really focus on now and have really had a lot of success with and a lot of impact is going into companies and doing workshops and programs for their employees on the science of happiness and really connection building interactive workshops where you're able to take the concept of how the brain's wired, how to apply this to your life to live a better life, as well as that practical psychology research that was done through the filming of the documentary, and really compact that down to workshops for uh, how to set and achieve challenging goals, like we were just talking about, the science of happiness and how to create it in your life, um, building connection and rapport with someone through body language. So variety of different topics that are just helping people connect better is really the theme. Because when I was traveling around, the two things I heard across the U.S. were that people want to be around more positive people. There's obviously plenty of negativity and complaining out there, but positive people just lift you up. They bring that energy. And also that people are really craving real connection, not surface level, you know, small talk and things like that, which is the majority of events and workshops um, that you go to. So really trying to bring that uh, to companies and schools and spread spread the knowledge. Because I personally found that I was never taught that in school growing up and really had to reach this point of real frustration and guilt, honestly, in my own life to dig into the research. And so it's made an impact so much on, on myself. And I've seen it now with hundreds of people across the U.S. So uh, just sharing that. Yeah, I mean, for when we became friends, actually, um, so it's really weird how it worked out. I didn't get, see the email because I never check my emails. That's Michelle. <laughs> never. Check. Never. That's my bosses at work. I never check them. They're literally just like, oh my god. But anyway, so <laughs> don't check my email. Don't ever send me one. I promise I won't look at it or a voicemail. So you can text me. That's the only way you can get a hold of me or call me, and I maybe we'll answer. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm not changing my ways. Uh, you can send a Raven, actually. Ravens work. Raven. So okay. Time, so. We'll take the Raven. That's really okay. neat. We'll do it. <laughs> but anyway, so I checked my email and it's like um, probably six hours after the deadline for like what it was supposed to be for if I wanted to be in this documentary. Um, this girl was coming to Kentucky. She was working or she did. She worked out at EBF. Where, which one in Boston? Yep. In Boston. The name of it? Uh, Seaport. Seaport is the location. Yeah. Seaport. Okay. Yeah. okay. Seaport. I couldn't remember if they had a name or not. Okay. <laughs> so Seaport, EBF, word. What up? Seaport. Woo. And uh, EBF. But anyway, so uh, this lady was like, yeah, um, I would like to interview you for my podcast. I heard that you had an interesting story. And I was like, oh, God, I'm six hours late on this. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll still reply. Hopefully she's not too formal. I don't know. You know, she might be a negative Nancy or like a heckler or something about stuff like this. And I email her and then like almost like immediately I get an email back. She's like, yeah, I love the interview. Blah, blah, blah. So we start talking and start texting. 
And then I meet her, she interviews me, and I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is so cool. Like, And I think that that was what was so important is like immediately you were just so transparent about what you were trying to do. And it wasn't just like, oh, let's have a limited connection. Please be on my documentary. Cool, thanks. All right, see you later. It was like, hey, I want to be your friend. Like, what's up? I'm a show wax. And I was like, what's up? I'm Austin Shuck. I'm on the same energy level as you. This is this is fucking weird. I'm not used to this. Yeah, <laughs> I felt the same way. It's like, because most people like you said, are, are the other way and the energy is so powerful. So I felt that with you too. Yeah. Immediately I was like, all right, this girl's cool. So we became really good friends and obviously it's been about a year that we've been friends and you've just been such an important part and it's just really weird how that worked out. But yeah, I can just tell, like I said, and I, I mean, that's why it's obviously working out so well is because you, in this one interaction with me, that was so apparent that you were trying to be so transparent and be who you genuinely are. And I love that. And it's so beautiful because like most people are like scared to like just dance and just be silly and just say silly and fun things and just like be outrageous because like we're, we're in a floating space. We're like going through an infinitely expanding space cosmos. So it's like really dumb if you're not going to be yourself in the way I look at it. And I think that you're pretty well like crushing it at uh, being yourself. And I just love that. Thank you. And I do want to say that I used to be, I would say, six, seven years ago, I was not confident really at all. Like I was not the way I am now. And I was actually the entire time I was growing up, everyone always said I was a really shy child. And I would be super nervous to speak up in meetings at work and in class at school. And it's really powerful what your mind can do. Because now, I'm constantly told that I'm the most confident person that people know and the most positive. And that is like the ultimate compliment for me. Um, I really appreciate when someone says that because I know how it feels to be the exact opposite. And so for anyone who does want to change something about yourself, your brain is always changing. You can always rewire the neural pathways in it because of neuroplasticity, which um, if anyone wants to dig into deeper on a, you know, other time about that I'd love to but that's what I really try to get across in the talks what's that that's the neuroplasticity science is literally amazing like yeah it's so powerful and it's so (laughs) simple to you know it takes consistent effort but it's simple to really get to a point of wherever you want to be it just takes knowing how to do it and so it was super powerful in my own life and I've seen it impact others and so it's really what uh what I'm sharing and like like i said i mean that's that's what my goal is with what the shuck too is to just be a positive influence because there is so much negativity and i would see all these things i was like how can i be influential to my community in a way that nobody's doing and i was like i just talked to really cool everyday people and just promote this positivity like the best way to promote the change that you want to see is to just make it happen so i was like all right like maybe if i can show all these people in kentucky that or where, however this ends up blowing up or whatever ends up happening. If like literally one person listens to this, I don't care if it just helps one person. Like that's what I'm trying to do. And I know that, like you said, I was in the same place. Like I haven't always been, I've always been a nice person. I've always been a good person or tried to be, but like, you know, there are times where I wouldn't always be the happiest, especially when things would go wrong. And it was just like, now when things go wrong, I'm like, all right, this is a challenge. Like I'm about to knock this shit out like I'm never even like scared of it anymore I never even like let it bother me it's just like just I've developed that neuroplasticity to say all right 
And I mean, there are times where fear does pop up and I'm kind of scared shitless, but like, you know, usually it's gotten to where now I'm like, all right, this is going to be here no matter what. So like, let's fight it. And the thing is, is that it's so easy to be negative. It's literally the easiest thing in the world to be negative. But you know what the hardest thing in the world is? And that's why you should be so prideful when people tell you this, that you're like so positive and so just confident is it's literally so hard to be confident and it's so hard to be positive. It's like the two hardest things, the two hardest actions to take because there are going to be so many times where it's not good and it's not okay, but choosing to have the perspective to be like, you know what, this is awesome. I don't care if it is bad. Like I'm going to learn something from it. I'm going to be good. I'm going to like make people happy. Uh, I'm going to show people, I want people to literally look at me and be like, how the hell am I going through this shitty ass moment in my life? And that dude's going through the same shitty ass moment and he's over there like smiling and helping people. And that's literally like what I want to just inspire people to have that mindset is like, you know, you can go through shitty stuff, but like it's time to be positive. Let's like, let's be, let's be awesome. Right. And I think the powerful thing that you said there is it's not that you don't have times where you feel like shit or things go awry, but you're able to get out of that state of feeling like whatever negative emotion it is, whether it's sad or angry or upset, you're able to get out of it much quicker than most people because you've worked on that. And that's what I also like love to talk about because people sometimes think, oh, how are you happy all the time? And no, I'm definitely not happy all the time. You know, humans aren't meant to be happy all the time. That's just, that would be fake. Um, but it's that you're able to, when you become self-aware, okay, I'm in this state, how do I get out of it? And you have this process in place. Um, and that's really where it's powerful. And it takes practice, just like self-love. Like, you know, it just doesn't happen overnight. You weren't, we weren't just like, all right, we're happy. Yeah. Right. Or this moment is cool. Like, yeah, it's like, no, I had to get better at it and get better at it. Just like running or just like boxing. Like the first day I started, I wasn't that good at it. Same with my podcast. Like I literally just had a moment where my, I was on mute for like three <laughs> minutes talking to you. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just a learning process of this. There's a curve. And, and, but the thing is, is if you just are consistent about it, like one day you're going to look back and be like, all right, like now I've done 50 episodes and I'm way better than I was on just episode 40. Like, holy crap. And it's just, you know, each day you got to just take it by day by day process with everything that you're going through. And it's like, if you really look at things too, ultimately, like as far as like the ultimate goal, sometimes you're going to psych yourself out. You got to look at the ultimate goal in a way and be like, all right, how do I take step by step process to get there? And you might even work backwards. So a lot of people find a lot of success and they find their ultimate goal and they're like, all right, I'm going to start there and then work my way back. But you just got to do it step by step. However, whichever way you do it, you just can't psych yourself out. That's It's so important to maintain that you are the ultimate person you're going to be combative against. And if you can beat yourself, then ultimately you're going to beat most of the battles you go into. Yeah, and I, I run Happiness Hour community events. So I, I'm talking with a lot of people that they, especially when you're trying to start something new, like the podcast, or, you know, when I filmed the documentary, I'd never done that before, or put out any piece of content to the world. It's obviously a little nerve wracking if you've never done it before. But what I've discovered is that people that are following you or people that are interested in whatever you're about to offer or currently offering, they want to see the real you, right? They don't want to see because it's relatable and it's approachable. And I feel like, you know, so often we look up to people that are super far down the road in whatever industry we're in, and you want to be like that immediately. 
But I found that people can really, like the average person, which is most of America, they can more relate to you starting something from your apartment or your kitchen or, you know, wherever it is, your garage, and building from there and following the journey. And it's just a, people love that story of, okay, yeah, I started with $10 and I bought a pair of headphones and I started this podcast versus, you know, someone who has this like huge production of things. Um, so I, I try to remind myself of that when I'm nervous to put something new out there, to put something out to the world where, you know, it's like, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, someone doesn't like it. Okay, that's fine. But people that are meant to see it and people that will resonate with it will, will see it and it'll make an impact. Yeah, and I completely agree. And if you are just consistently transparent in yourself like that's just the ultimate way to i think that too many people on social media are always like oh yeah i'm the happiest i'm the best i got this i'm the coolest look at my guns look at all my muscles look at all the money i got look at all these ladies and it's just like are you happy though like do you really are you actually happy and i know that i've just found that through challenging myself on things that i'm truly passionate about have brought me more happiness than anything and also another thing that's brought me a ton of happiness is just constantly finding people like you and just a community to share things with. It's like, as soon as I achieve something or make something happen for me or other people, I'm like, Oh my God, like, I can't wait to share this moment with someone like, because it's just, that's, that's what life's about is like doing something to help people and then being able to share that moment. It's just like, I don't know, there's no better feeling to me. And that's why, like, I think we've been such good friends as you, like I said, we're, we're just on a similar energy level that a lot of people aren't even close to. And it's just, we, we really definitely need to like put that out there. Yeah. And it can be, um, and I think I asked you this when I was interviewing you for the documentary, but what I really wanted to highlight is if you don't have a positive person in your life, because the people we're around are so, you know, they really make an impact on how we're viewing the world and ourselves. What would you, what would be like a first step to take to, start to meet people that are going to lift you higher and not keep you where you're at or drag you down even worse. Um, and it's really just getting out to events in your area or going on meetup.com or finding those people or like most people can think of one person in their life, whether it's someone at work or a family member or a friend that is a little bit more positive than them, or maybe they have a little bit more knowledge in an area that they want more in. And so it's going to them and asking them, you know, who, do, who would you recommend connecting with or hanging out with? Um, and then just starting small from there. Because I'm even, I'm still working on this to this day because I'm so aware of it is very important to surround yourself with positive people. But it takes time to find people that, you know, you really resonate with and connect with and can feel yourself with. Um, so I would say just start small if you're in that spot because especially when I hold those community public events, a lot of people who come there they want more positivity in their life, but just to no one's fault of their own, but a lot of people aren't on that level. Um, and, you know, there's there's a shift in that direction, but it's important to just put yourself out there and the people that are looking to also be positive with you, they will find you at some point. You know, it might take a little bit of effort and going to different events and things like that, but it's it's worth it for sure. All right, I have a question for you. Would you rather 
sit in that ice bath for two hours like that guy? Yep. Or would you rather never, ever, ever, ever be able to eat Bunch of Munch again? Bunch of Crunch. Bunch of Crunch, Bunch of Crunch, Bunch of Crunch again. Oh, my God. That is a good question. Um, wow. I feel like... And you can't train as much as that dude. You've got to do it like today. I would do it like today, tomorrow. You've got to do it today. You've got to sit in that ice bath or you can never eat your favorite candy, delicious treat again. I feel like I would do the ice bath because I would feel like a badass after I did it. But if for some reason my body was breaking down because I don't know if you should jump into an ice bath for two hours without doing a little more preparation... I would get out and I would be okay with not eating Bunch of Crunch for the rest of my life. <laughs> you would rather not eat it forever? Yeah, if you had if you had said like French fries, it probably would be a different situation. But Bunch of Crunch, I'll eat it. French fries? You like French fries more than, than that? You don't have any post about how much you love French fries and you love that candy. Yeah, so. I don't even like Crunch I know. For those people that are unfamiliar, which is probably the majority of the world, I made a literally everyone listening. <laughs> literally everyone is is like, what's going on? Most people don't even know what Bunch of Crunch is, which is a delicious candy. But I made this ridiculous video about Bunch of Crunch about two years ago, and it was really my uh, my uh, start in the film world. Was this ridiculous? Uh, like one minute video about Bunch of Crunch the candy. So if anyone's interested, we can share that. But I am a bigger French fry fan. What's your favorite um, place to get French fries from then? Um, oh man, like a like a common place or in my yeah, area? Sure. Well, not your area. Michelle's from Boston, from by Boston. the way, guys. I would say, I mean, I really like McDonald's French fries. I don't get them very often, you know, probably like once a year, really, maybe twice a year when I'm traveling or driving um, at a rest stop, but they're really good. Those are probably my favorite of like the fast food restaurants. How many places did you, I didn't ever really even talk to you about this. How often did you have to eat fast food when you were on the road during your uh, documentary? So I'm probably one of the few people who, and it, I, I love Chick-fil-A. There's not really any here in Boston. Um, but I reached a point where, I mean, I could have been going to the supermarket and stuff to get salads and things like that because I try to eat fairly clean. But, some you know, sometimes it's just easier to stop, which I know is probably not the best thing to say on a podcast like this. But um, I would sometimes be the person at Chick-fil-A with a salad, right, which is, <laughs> which is a little oh, bit better. But yeah. I would always get French fries as well. Um, you got waffle fries. Yeah, <laughs> waffle fries and a salad. So you know, it's all about balance. Yeah, but I I tried to eat healthy wherever I uh, I don't know because you reach a point where your body just starts to feel like ugh, you know, if you're eating too much of that, obviously. Yeah. So um, uh, I felt like I felt a significant weird. difference in my energy levels and just driving, like how. Um, how not alert I was, but how uh, like excited I was for the day. If I had just slammed a huge fast food meal or something, <laughs> was not the best. Or some Trader Joe's Lafinca wine. Yes, yes, Lafinca wine. Is that still your go-to? Great choice. <laughs> Good choice. 
All right. Um, do you have any big goals for this year? The um, I always like to talk about cover goals and stuff like that uh, on the podcast, obviously. Uh, do you have any big fitness goals? Do you have any big um, – obviously, you're about to drop your documentary this year, but what's your goal with the documentary? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, you're dropping it at film festivals. You're trying, what kind of award are you trying to win, Michelle? I know you're ambitious. Tell us about it. Yeah, so – I do the same thing that you do where I write down my goals in present tense. So it's like they already happened in my life. And I have a couple um, big ones for the year. My number one is I'll be submitting the American Happiness documentary to Sundance, which is obviously a very prestigious festival. And I want to get into that. So everyone send the energy and positive vibes for uh, getting accepted to Sundance. And, um, otherwise what I'm really, I, I took a couple months after I got back from the trip to really drill down on what the message was and who my target was for the workshops and programs at companies and schools. And so really where I'm at for that is just to really keep expanding that and keep getting the word out. Cause I've, I found through the food companies I owned and for what I'm doing now with American happiness project, getting the word out is always the hardest part, right? Getting people to know about it. So that's what I'm working on now um, and just really becoming the person and the company where someone is looking for an improvement at their company or their team and they automatically think American Happiness Project. That's my goal. That is awesome. Um, do you have any closing statements that you would like to close with as far as like what your uh, what is Michelle Wax's like mission statement? What is what? What is the the mark on earth she wants to leave? Yeah, so my favorite quote, excuse me, from Oscar Wilde is, to live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people simply exist. That's my favorite quote. And I have written on my wall one of my affirmations is, I help people stop existing and start living. And really what my goal is for my life and for American Happiness Project is to help people that are just going about their days and they're doing fine, they're doing okay, which is normally how people respond when you ask them how they're doing, but they're not really that excited. They're not really that energized for what's to come and really to make that shift and to help people go from waking up and feeling just kind of eh about going into their jobs or doing whatever they're doing to being really excited for it. That's my life's journey and my life's goal. Heck yes, that is awesome. Uh, Michelle Wax, she is incredible. You got to check her out on Instagram and all the social media. Check out her website. Let them know where they can find you at, Michelle. Yeah, so on Instagram, it's American Happiness Project. And then the website, which has all the information um, for workshops and also for personal programs, is American-Happiness.com. So there's just a dash in between the two words. And that'll have all the info. And I always like to say this, but if anyone has a question or wants to, you know, has anything at all, please reach out to me because, like I said, this is really, I feel like it's just made such an impact in my life, what I'm teaching and sharing now. And so anyone that is curious about it, I'd love to connect. Michelle is awesome. She definitely will help you with any questions. She's literally one of the most accessible and loving people. She's trying to give her love in all the ways. She's 
got so much energy and positivity to bring upon the world. And thank you so much for coming on. I love you so much. You're truly one of my great friends and you are such an influence to me to constantly be being better and pushing forward. I know that this, what the Shuck podcast wouldn't be here without you. You busting my chops all the damn time over the last year. And you just have to have friends like that. They're going to hold you accountable to your greatness and the things that they know you can do. And I know that you're going to do big things with your pod or your podcast and your documentary. Um, I know I'm going to see you in Sundance one day. Uh, it's just going to happen. You got too much going on for you, but thank you so much. And if you're listening to what the shuck, thank you so much. Uh, please subscribe, please share. And most importantly, don't forget to live the dream. Also, hopefully going to be on iTunes coming up. Uh, I just bought my website with the shuck.com. Got a crazy story for that. Cost 96 bucks, but we'll be talking about that eventually. And uh, check it out. And I love you all and have a great day.